Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. I wanted to talk today about tapping into your home equity. There is a vehicle called a home equity line of credit. It's also known as a HELOC, H-E-L-O-C, which is home equity line of credit. It's where your lender establishes a revolving credit limit that is determined at least in part by the amount of equity you have in your home. You can then borrow what you need from the line of credit up to the maximum allowed. So for example, you may be approved for a $100,000 home equity line of credit and you might draw $5,000 of that $100,000 and then let's say, for example, you pay it back you could always borrow another ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars up to this hundred thousand dollar limit I cited in the example. What's nice is that the line of credit can be used when you need it, and you could access the funds by either writing a check or using a credit card associated with the account. The way that it works typically is that the interest rate for a HELOC is generally a variable rate. So you do not have a fixed rate, but rather a variable rate that fluctuates. It's usually tied to an index. That index is usually the prime rate, so that if the prime interest rate in the United States go up, your borrowing cost will go up, and if it goes down, your borrowing cost might go down as well. Your monthly payments can vary. It depends on a home equity line of credit deal specifications. But most of the ones you see out there, uh, the most common thing is that your only required payment each month is interest only. So if you borrow $10,000 and it's a 5% interest rate, that's uh, $600 of interest. So your payment would only be $50. That minimum payment uh, will only cover interest, like I said, meaning that if you never paid more, you would not be paying down your principal. So there's a two-sided feature of this. Number one, that is really attractive because you have a very small payment and that gives you some cash flow flexibility. But the negative side of the feature is that if you're not careful, you will only be paying interest and not reducing the debt, which is probably not desirable, especially beyond the short term, moving into the mid and long term. Not a good idea to have debt that you're not reducing. So let's talk some more about the pros and cons of HELOCs. Home equity financing like this is secured by your equity in your home. So it's a way that you can free up wealth that you have in your home that you can be used, hopefully beneficially used, to your advantage. The interest rate that you pay on a home equity line of credit is usually less than if you borrowed money from a bank through a personal loan. It's also typically less than credit cards and other borrowing Uh, facilities, the interest tends to be lower. Think about this for a moment. It tends to be lower because it's collateralized by your home. And so that's pretty good risk mitigation for a bank. 
because most people are going to want to retain their home and not leave their home. So that is why the risk is lower, allowing banks to charge less on this than other loan vehicles. It could be the case where the interest that you do pay is deductible on your federal tax return. Now, this depends on a couple of things, and I can't go through all of the examples here, but keep in mind, if you have a home equity line of credit, uh, that the interest you pay might be deductible. One note is that you have to itemize your deductions in order to be even eligible to deduct the interest on your federal tax return. So kind of keep that in mind. And you could only deduct up to $100,000 of interest. There can be drawbacks with this though. There could be costs. There could be closing costs. Although candidly in today's environment, most times it does not cost you anything to get a home equity line of credit. There could be other fees. Uh, The most common thing is each year you might have an annual fee just to keep the line of credit uh, open. Even that in today's competitive landscape is less popular than it was years ago. Another drawback to keep in mind is that if you sell your home, you have to repay the outstanding balance. So let's say you have a home worth $500,000 and let's say your primary mortgage is $200,000. Of course, when you sell the home, uh, you would net $300,000. You'd sell it for five hundred, dollars pay off the first mortgage, have three hundred dollars left over. If you have a home equity line of credit, let's say for another $100,000, well, at closing, you'd collect $500,000, pay the first mortgage of $200,000, and also pay the HELOC, the $100,000, netting you $200,000. And... The word of caution here is that's why if you do borrow the money, you want to be wise about the usage of that money because you are using the equity that has been built up in your home. And if you sell the home, you wouldn't have that money to roll into a new home. Since your home is the collateral that's securing the debt, I mentioned the attractive part is that often leads to lower interest costs but you are increasing the risk of foreclosure if you can't make the payments. If something happens and you're unable to make the payments, your home is now at risk. We saw a lot of this during the 2007, 8, and 9 deep economic recession where you had the real estate market come under unbelievable price pressure where we saw declines in real estate values that we had not seen probably in the whole history of the United States, certainly not seen for several generations. And part of what happened was there was a bubble in lending in real estate. And a lot of people had leveraged and over leveraged their homes, sometimes using home equity lines of credit to unlock equity in their homes. Well, what ended up happening is when the bubble burst, some of those loans could not be repaid by the borrowers leading to foreclosures. And it would be a shame if you tapped into the equity of your home and that led to a foreclosure. We're in good economic times now. That doesn't mean that there aren't people that are struggling. But by and large, the real estate market has been strong. The economy is strong. 
You're not seeing a lot of foreclosures. Now that might be yet because there is some information out there given the state of the economy and the effects that the pandemic is happening that maybe we will get some increase in foreclosures, but it's been pretty tame and it's been pretty tame for a while now. But you do want to be aware that if you tap into the equity of the home, you are definitely increasing the risk of foreclosures. Another drawback is that you have to have equity in your house to even qualify for a home equity line of credit. If your home is worth 250000 and you owe 245000 on your first mortgage, you're not going to qualify. Typically, you can get 80 90% of the value of your home. So if you have a home that's worth $500,000 and you have a $200,000 first mortgage, uh, the most that you could borrow on that house in most instances, I'm sure there's exceptions to this rule, but as a good guideline, it's going to be 90% of the 500000 So the most that could be lent against the house is 450000 So if you have a first mortgage of 200000 that's going to eat up 200 of the 450000 meaning in all likelihood, the largest your home equity line of credit can be is $250,000. These lines of credit, of course, are underwritten. Uh, it is a streamlined process compared to if you're buying a home and going through a full-fledged mortgage process. It is streamlined, but banks do underwrite their risk. They want to check the value of your home. They want to check what other mortgages and debt is collateralized by the property. They're going to check your income and assets to check for uh, your ability to pay, and certainly your credit score is going to factor into this heavily. Like any borrowing, to get the best rate on a home equity line of credit, it would be helpful if you had a good to excellent credit score. And if your credit score is too low, even if everything else lines up, you may be denied a home equity line of credit application. So, where you see this used, a lot of other people will use this to consolidate debt so that if you have credit card debt with very high interest rates, uh, a strategy can be to pay off the credit cards with the home equity line of credit. That means you still have the same amount of debt as you did before. You did not pay off any debt. What you did gain through that exercise in all likelihood is a reduction in your interest cost. And that can save you money, hopefully, as you try and pay off that debt because credit card debt is unhelpful if you're trying to build wealth. Other people will use it for car loans because at certain times, the interest on a home equity line of credit will be less than what you could get at a dealership for new and or used cars. I will tell you today, in today's environment, you don't see that as much as you did uh, before the great financial crisis because uh, car loans, if you have decent credit, the interest rate tends to be at least as inexpensive as home equity line of credit. In many instances, for new cars, they have uh, very preferential interest rates where you could be below home equity line of credit rates. So you just have to weigh uh, the interest rate comparison if you are looking to buy a car. And I think the 
thing that I like the most with the home equity line of credit, it's how I currently use mine, is really just as a safety measure. I have a line of credit. I actually have not used it for a very, very long time, but it's another risk mitigation tool for Joelle and I, my wife, because in a pinch, if there was an emergency, um, we could access the equity in our home. We have a checkbook and we could tap into our line of credit if we needed to in a pinch. Fortunately, we haven't needed to, but it is a good tool. Let me be clear, I am still an advocate that you should have an emergency fund in the bank. You should have money in the bank so that if an emergency comes up, an unexpected expense, you could draw down on that bank emergency fund. And in my mind, the home equity line of credit kind of stands behind the bank emergency fund as an additional buffer. And that's how I have my home equity line of credit positioned in my financial plan. I tend not to use it, but I think for me, it falls under the heading of rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it because you might not be able to get underwritten for a home equity line of credit at a later date. If you have some negative event like a job loss or a downturn in your small business, you might not be able to qualify. And that might be the time you need to borrow some money to get through a difficult stretch. So having the home equity line of credit in place while you can qualify such that if there's something negative going on, you already have the line of credit in place that you could tap into seems to be a good strategy. Uh, You have to be careful now because if you get the line of credit and you behave badly and you accidentally go out and spend money on some lavish cruiser vacation, you'll be violating what I just described to you as a tool to reduce your risk. I do not advocate people going and taking out a home equity line of credit to help them live a lifestyle that's above their means and allow them to spend more money than they're earning. So I want to be careful in my communication with you. It's a good tool, but you do have to be careful and you do have to be somewhat risk averse, I think, to get the most benefit if you decide to tap into the home equity in your home. So I hope this explanation about tapping into your home equity, the use of home equity lines of credit is uh, valuable to you. If it is, please subscribe to the podcast, the Simply Financial Podcast. Also recommend it to friends, family, and coworkers. I would appreciate it if you could do that for me. And as most of you probably know, I am a certified financial planner. I am the founder of Elliott Wealth Management Services. And you could get more information about me and the rest of the team here at Elliott Wealth by going to our website, www.elliottwealth.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I will be back with you on the next episode of the Simply Financial podcast very soon. Thanks so much for listening. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss.
Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through SagePoint Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with SagePoint Financial.